As Christians, we all want to hear from God, and one principal way to do that is straight from the Scriptures. God's Word is His message to His people. I'm Chris Johnson, host of the Charisma Connection podcast, and in this special five-part series, I get to talk with some delightful people from Lifeway Christian Resources about the Christian Standard Bible, or CSB translation. We hope you enjoy these interviews about the CSB and related products that will equip you for lifelong discipleship. Today we continue in our special five-part series about the Christian Standard Bible, or the CSB translation. As we look at different options for Bible reading and study, we've come to the younger set today, the kids. And so we have Jesse Floria with us. He has worked at Focus on the Family for, oh, well nigh a quarter of a century. Isn't that right, Jesse? That is right, 26 years and still going. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you, you, you have longevity, so you must be doing something right. Well, I think it's a, a really great match of sort of my passions for kids. And uh, again, if I wasn't working here at Focus on the Family on the two children's magazines, Clubhouse and Club Junior, I think I'd be teaching junior high somewhere. So uh, definitely oh, wow. something involved with No, I am very impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> So you are now editorial director for youth publications, and as you say, you oversee Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior magazines, and you co-host a show, a podcast called Official Adventures in Odyssey podcast, and you've got lots and lots of listeners for that. How many would you say? Well, whenever we give away a free episode, of course, Adventures in Odyssey has been around for 30 years here at Focus on the Family. It's our radio drama uh, with Mr. Whitaker and Connie and Eugene and all the different characters. So we get to interview the, the actors behind that and the writers behind the show. So because of that 30 years of listenership, um, yeah, we could have uh, a couple hundred thousand listeners. If we give away a free episode, we've had upwards of a million people come and listen to the show. So it's, uh, it's really neat to be able to be involved in a show with that much longevity and also just uh, that kind of passionate fans who just want to hear more about Adventures in Odyssey. Absolutely. And then there's another podcast called the Official Average Boy Podcast, and you do that with <laughs> comedian Bob Smiley. So that found, sounds like a really fun one. That one is just hard for me not to be laughing the entire time on the podcast because Bob is so funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we try to hit some big issues there about getting along with your parents and getting along with siblings and living out your faith. So we try to, to make it just uh, a lot of meat and potatoes, but mixed in with a lot of humor. Excellent. You've also been busy writing lots and lots of books. And, uh, and of course, the notes for the Defend Your Faith Children's Apologetics Bible, which is what we're going to talk about today. That one was just uh, an honor to be included on the project, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Well, uh, we want to talk about apologetics and why that's important for kids. I mean, what is apologetics? Let's start at the basic. What is apologetics? That has to do with defending your faith, doesn't it? <laughs> that's exactly what it has to do with. And again, in the book, we talk about, you know, um, when, when, I heard, when I first heard the word apologetics, uh, uh, even as a teenager, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, I didn't know what it meant. You know, I uh, I thought, you know, you have to apologize for what you believe. And the answer is, no, you don't have to apologize. So so apologetics is just really uh, 
studying and understanding what you can believe, being able to defend your belief. Uh, and so it's just something that's so important for kids today because the world they live in is such a, a different world, a world that's um, hostile towards Christianity, where where Christians can be called, you know, haters and, uh, you know, close-minded or, you know, just naive. And, and none of that's really true. So uh, this Bible was really put together to help equip kids to understand their faith, to know what they believe, to know why they believe it, and to be able to go out and, and have a confidence when they talk to their friends about what they believe. So what age are we talking about here? So this Bible is for ages 8 to 12, and uh, that's the same age group that I write for with with Clubhouse Magazine, so I'm very familiar with that age group and and the questions that they have and and, and what they desire to know, because those kids are so bold when it comes to speaking about their faith. They're they're not into the teen years yet where sometimes they can, um, you know, feel like they just want to fit in or whatever, but, you know, a kid, they'll just say what they believe, and so I think it's good to equip them with good information and to to get them out there talking to their friends about their faith. Excellent. And as you mentioned, society has changed even here in America. I mean, we used to be able to assume that some people would know about the scriptures and uh, about God, but nowadays the basics about the Christian faith are missing. I mean, no prayer in schools. We have a multi-faith society. So it is very important for even kids to know how to defend their faith. Oh, definitely. You know, you've probably seen the same studies that I have about uh, Bible literacy and children. Uh, you know, kids don't know their Bibles as well as they used to. And, and actually, you know, I don't think anybody in society uh, kind of knows what they believe. When, Whenever I get to speak at uh, conferences, I get to go teach and talk about writing for children. I always talk about this study that was done about 10 years ago where they found that um, they, you know, polled a lot of uh, Americans and, and Christians who went to church, and they found that this is a Pew study. They found that 57% of evangelical church attenders, uh, 57% of evangelical church attenders believe there were many ways to eternal life. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible has something says something very different, and. Uh, and if you read your Bible, you know that you know, Jesus says, you know, I am the way, the truth, right? So he's the only way, but so many people don't understand that. And uh, I think that's a problem throughout the church. And what, what was funny, what I found funny in this study was uh, they also interviewed uh, atheists. And uh, 21% of atheists believe in God. And 8% of atheists were absolutely certain that God existed. So I don't know if anybody knows what they believe these days. So I think the more information we can give kids and have them grow up with that foundation, I think they're just going to be at a much better place when they reach those adult years. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. When they're young, 8 to 12, that's a good time to reach the kids. So mm-hmm. how does this Bible equip kids to speak to their friends about Jesus? Well, I just think it helps them be more confident in what they believe. Um, does it take faith to believe in Jesus? Yes. I mean, it does take faith, but, but it's not a blind faith. Uh, the Christian faith is built on facts and evidence and science, and there are some really, really smart people 
who have lived over the last 200 years, 2,000 years, who have, who have studied it, um, who have looked at all the evidence, and who have found that, you know what? It's the truth. Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus came, he died, he rose from the dead for the forgiveness of our sins. And if we believe in him, we can have eternal life. And so it's, not, it's nothing that we have to come up with on our own. We can see the evidence. We can see what other people have written and said. And so we can have that confidence when we go out and, and speak to our friends. Because really the big issue is, you know, fear. Like, what are my friends going to think of me if I tell them about Jesus? You know, are they going to think that I'm dumb? Are they going to think uh, that I'm closed-minded and that I hate certain people? And, and, and that's not true. So I think when you equip kids with the facts, uh, that it, it, then it gives them the confidence to step out. And, and what's great is I really believe kids want to know the facts. And, and I've seen that in so many instances uh, over the last 20 years as the editor of Clubhouse Magazines, how kids want to be challenged in their faith and they want to know what they believe. Now, kids are taught evolution in public schools and God is disregarded as creator. So how does the Bible help in the area of science? That's a great question because, again, the the Bible isn't a science textbook, and it doesn't say that it is, uh, but as the ultimate creator, you can see God's fingerprints all over creation. And so in the Bible, there's actually a specific section that we put together. There's uh, about eight or nine different features that are repeated throughout the Bible to help kids understand more about those about their faith. And one of them is digging into the Word, which gets into the archaeology and the science of going in there and digging something up in the Holy Lands. And, you know, people saying, oh, I don't think that uh, Pontius Pilate ever existed. And then they dig up something and says, there's his inscription right there. You know, so over and over again, archaeology proves uh, the Bible, what the Bible said was true and accurate. We also have a section called Science in the Bible, and that gets down to um, how the cells in your body work together, or how your eye was formed, or how ants work together. I mean, there's, you know, looking at the mountains. I, I live in Colorado Springs, and in my office here, focus on the family. I literally look right out the window at Pikes Peak. That's and, pretty uh, sweet. It's pretty awesome, <laughs> and it's, it's snow covered today, and we're expected more snow, but. Um, and my house, too, we, we just built a, a house and, and moved in there in May, and uh, we have a window that looks out at uh, Pikes Peak from my office mm. a, at home. And over, you know, when the house was being built on just the wooden studs, uh, I wrote Romans 120 on, on the wood. Uh, and Romans 120, of course, says, for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made, and as a result, people are without excuse. Mm. That's really the truth. You know, when you look around and see just how orderly uh, creation is and, and the designs and the patterns of flowers or uh, going up in the mountains and seeing rocks, or, you know, whatever it is, God made that. That wasn't by accident. There, there was a plan behind that. There is an order that can't be explained without a divine creator. And so that's really the message of, of several of these sections in the Defend Your Faith Bible. We just want kids to know, you know, yes, there is a theory, a, a theory of evolution, and we make sure they know that, you know, it's one idea, but um, 
you know, another theory to be looked at is the theory of creation. And it's very sad that schools don't show those two side by side because I think when it comes down to the evidence, it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to have the faith to believe in a loving, divine creator God. Yes, and there are certainly many people who would agree with that, including a lot of scientists. Yes, exactly. So what about the so-called contradictions in Scripture? How can the Bible that we're talking about today, the Defend Your, Defend Your Faith Bible, help kids understand and explain those contradictions? You know, there's a, another one of the sections, we call it Untwisting Scripture. And I think there's about 30 different scripture that we looked at. And, um, and some of those are ones where, you know, critics of the Bible have said, oh, look, at this contradicts. You know, this scripture here says that God doesn't change and that he's, his mind is made up. But then here's another story where God was talking to Abram and going, oh, well, uh, and they're kind of like going back and forth. Like, okay, if there's, if there's 50 um, good people you not destroy it or for you know they're talking it looks like god is negotiating with humans right and so people are saying well which is it is is god firm and steadfast and unchanging or does he kind of change his mind right i mean th there's those arguments about those verses and just going back and explaining that no god doesn't change his mind but he's a grace-filled faithful loving god and um in his mercy, he can choose to show grace. But it doesn't change his mind. He, he's the same God. There, there's no difference between God you know, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, so just explaining how some of those apparent contradictions really aren't contradictions. And of course, ones that are always brought up are ones in the, uh, the gospel stories, right? Like in one story, it'll say, um, well, for instance, you know, the, the women going to the tomb to see Jesus. And in Matthew, it talks about how Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. But in Mark, it says Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, follow me. And another one is like the women, right? Just a bunch of them went to the tomb. And so, uh, again, critics of the Bible will say, look at the, the gospel writers can't even get the story straight. You know? And if they can't figure out how many women went to the tomb, what else, uh, what other details did they miss? You know. Um, is it all made up? And the truth is, when you look at that, and again, like you said, there's been so many people who have studied this and, uh, and come to the conclusion that each gospel writer was a different person, had its own perspective. And, uh, you know, as detectives, when they go and they interview eyewitnesses, if every eyewitness had the exact same story, saying it was this happened, this happened, this happened, well, they would say, oh, all those people talk to each other to get their story straight before they wrote it. Hmm. The fact that there are some differences in the, in the gospel accounts actually shows how accurate they were, that each writer told it from their perspective. And everybody's going to have a slightly different perspective, and everybody's going to include a different fact and, uh, you know, and maybe leave out something else because it wasn't important to them. So... Um, over and over again, New Testament scholars have studied the Gospels, and detectives and you know, Christian detectives have studied it and said, those differences actually prove what is there is accurate and unchanged and can be trusted. So the contradictions really aren't a contradiction at all. It just shows that um, 
it's an honest, accurate, truthful retelling of what happened in history. Excellent. Well, I know there's lots of other uh, unique features about this Bible, like there's a spot where it's called Defenders of the Faith, where you have some true stories of men and women, boys and girls, who inspire young people to defend their faith. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. You've just found my favorite section of, <laughs> of, of what I got to write. So, um, yeah, Defenders of the Faith is, talks about uh, going all the way back into Bible times in the Old Testament. We talk about Moses and, and some of those original Defenders of the Faith to the Old Testament to the New Testament. And then throughout history, um, we look at people's lives and how they have um, stood up for Christ, whether that's Augustine and some of that early thinking uh, about Christianity and, and defending the faith, or Billy Graham. Um, some kids might not even know who Billy Graham is, as you know. I've the... even encountered an adult who didn't know who Billy Graham was, and I was about shocked. <laughs> right, exactly. And as a as a graduate of Wheaton College, you know, I got to meet Billy Graham, and then mm. actually one of the first things I did when I accepted Christ as a teenager there was a Billy Graham crusade in Denver, Colorado, and I got to go there and be one of the, the teen helpers at, at a Graham crusade, which was just, you know, life-changing as much as, you know, God changed your life, but just being involved in that and seeing um, mm. how God, you know, just empowered Billy to speak the truth in such a, a simple, uh, truthful, authentic way. But so we talk about Billy Graham, we talk about um, other people uh, in history. And then my favorite part is we talk about modern day kids who have defended their faith. And, and that's part of what I get to do here at Clubhouse Magazine for the last 20 years. Every single month, I want to publish a story of an ordinary kid who has done something extraordinary for Christ. And so there are all these stories to choose from. So I was able to highlight some children who are modern-day defenders of the faith, like a, a young man named Noah who lives in California. And he, um, he has dyslexia, but he painstakingly handwrites Bible verses on little strips of paper. And then he rolls them up and he puts them in his pocket. And, he, and as he's walking around in everyday life, he just prays to God, hey, God, who, do I, who should I give this Bible verse to? And when he feels prompted, he walks up to somebody hands them this little rolled up scroll with piece of paper and says, hi, my name's Noah, and I want you to have this. And the person unrolls it, reads the Bible verse, and Noah offers to pray with them. And uh, he's just a kid who's just living out his faith and, and you know, just wanting to get the word of God into, into more people's hands. And, and there's, you know, lots of stories uh, similar to Noah of kids who are just making a difference for Christ. I think right Noah now. has the right name. Yes, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it's great to hear about some modern-day kids who are standing up for their faith, too, and, and including them in the Bibles. Fantastic. And I know that you also have other sections, like um, the no question. I, I like this because sometimes kids don't know where to look for the answers in the Bible. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, these no questions, and again, it's not N-O, it's things they should know. So K-N-O-W, questions you should know the answer to. And, and again, this section was developed from a lot of the work that had been done on the CSB student Bible, the one for uh, teens, you know, high schoolers and, and going into college. So a lot of these questions were, were taken from that section and just aged down, and we came up with probably 10 to 20 other questions that maybe younger kids would have about uh, God and their faith, and sort of answered some of these, you know, 
difficult questions. Um, like, if I can't see God, how do I know that he's real? Um, how can I know for sure that I'm going to heaven? And can I argue someone into becoming a Christian? Because that's, that's one thing, especially with younger kids. They're just so passionate about what they believe that, um, you know, they, they might, you know, if they believe in God and their friend doesn't, they might say, oh, hey, you're, you know, you don't know what you believe. Here's the truth. And you really can't argue somebody into the kingdom of heaven. You can love them into the kingdom of heaven and, and, and provide the facts and, and pray. And, and ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that convicts people's hearts and turns them and softens their hearts to Christ. So we just want to equip kids with those, uh, the answers to some of these questions that, um, that can be really hard, you know. And, and what I love about the team at Lifeway, uh, Trevin Wax and his team, is, is they don't want to shy away from the difficult questions. So we're addressing pornography. We're talking about those difficult things uh, in this Bible as well that the kids really need to, uh, you know, understand to be able to live out their faith and, and be those defenders of the faith in a society that's you know, often hostile towards Christianity. Well, that's excellent. It sounds like you've packed a lot into this Bible and and, you know, poured yourself into it, too, I'm sure. Is there just one final thing you'd like to share with us about this Bible? Well, really, just what an honor it was to to work on the project. And I think you described it well. This was a, a two-year process, um, probably the most humbling and daunting uh, project that I've worked on. And uh, just knowing that there was such a, a strong team at Lifeway, working with editors, working with theologians. Um, there's about 580 extra pieces of material that we added to this Bible. About, I want to say it was like 180,000 words of, of material that, again, everybody looked at just to make sure, because it's the Bible. I mean, you, you have yes. to get it right. Mm -hmm. And so you had uh, the fear of God, that, did you? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Right. It was like every time you sit down to write, you're just praying and saying, God, just, you know, help me be able to take this this truth and be able to explain it in a way that kids can understand. Because kids, you know, they they're so mature. Right. I mean, so many times, again, working at the magazine, we get hundreds of manuscripts sent to us here at Clubhouse and Club Junior every month. And, and many of those manuscripts, the author's talking down to a child. Mm, and you know mm -hmm. what? Kids are thinking, feeling, smart human beings, right? They just lack life experience. They're young. And so figuring out a way to take that, that nugget of truth and explain it to a child. And so that was my prayer every time I sat down to work on this Bible was, you know, just help me to, to get it right and explain it in a way. And then having the confidence of this awesome team at Lifeway behind the project too, reading everything and making sure and, you know, able to bounce ideas on and going back and forth and making sure that everything was, was just right uh, by the time that it got published. So um, I, I'd love how it turned out. And again, it was just such an honor to work on, on a project, um, you know, Apologetics Bible, which was just so key in my you know, early years, you know, coming to a Christian as a teenager, reading More Than a Carpenter. I think that was one of the first books I read when I came to Christ by Josh, Josh McDowell. McDowell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, to be able to come back and just see how God has sort of, you know, I love what, everything comes full circle and how some of that early, you know, speaking in my own life and kind of building that foundation of apologetics, of, of understanding what I believe and going to Wheaton College and 
minoring in Bible in undergrad and graduate school, and then how working on some of the, the Case for Christ books with Lee Strobel, writing kids' versions of that, um, the Case for uh, the well, Case that, for that Grace was good for training right there. Yes, it was. And honestly, I think that's how Lifeway sort of, uh, you know, found me and asked me to be involved with this project is just seeing some of the other apologetics work that God has uh, allowed me to work on. And uh, again, just such an honor to to work on this Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jesse Floria, for being my guest today on Charisma Connection and talking about this special Bible, the CSB Defend Your Faith Bible. I hope that people will go out and at least take a look at the website, which is, once again, would you give us that website? Yes, it's uh, go to apologeticsbible.com, and all the different uh, apologetics Bibles are there, the, the Defend Your Faith one for kids, the student one, the one for adults, uh, all of them are there at apologeticsbible.com. Excellent. Can't you just see a family sitting down together, and the adult would have the adult version, the teen would have the student version, and the kid would have the Defend Your Faith Bible? I mean, it could all work together for family devotions very well. Exactly. And I think that's part of what, what their plan was when they put all this together. They do. They they really do go hand in hand and, and really help people at the different ages and uh, just their ability to understand, just get into the world of apologetics and then build on that at each different life stage. Hmm. Excellent. Well, Jesse, we sure appreciate you bringing your expertise and your Uh, just excitement for this project uh, to Charisma Connection today. Thanks for joining us. 